Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. Welcome back to our little party here at Sensibly Loud Radio. Uh, I am Brandon, and I am joined by Mountain Carl. Carl, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. How are you doing, Brandon? Doing great. Uh, happy it's the weekend. <laughs> yeah, right uh, Right before Christmas, this uh, special holidays edition of Sensibly Loud Radio. Yep, and days we will be. Uh, so, yes, this is one of our favorite times of the year, a lot of nostalgia, uh, we're not little boys anymore where we can collect uh, G.I. Joes and Z-Bots. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Z-Bots is a really solid reference. Yeah, <laughs> good for you, man. Yeah, so there was a, there used to be a, a little store uh, going going south to Houston that yep. uh, that we'd stop at. And it was like this really, really uh, – at the time, it was like this big deal. It was, it was this nice toy store. I think it was a KB Toys. Oh, yeah. It was kind of like in the middle of freaking nowhere, and, and my parents would, you know – stop and, and placate their insane child in the back who had to sit for a five-hour drive right yep. so how, how times have changed but uh the one of the things they did so they didn't have transformers at uh at kb toys and that was like this glaring omission to me because i mean like transformers that was my life i mean there's a reason that i went into the profession that I did and I can pretty much narrow that down to speed racer and transformers. Like that's, that's about it. And, uh, throwing it, throwing like a dash of Voltron. Right. So no, uh, we no had, power uh, Rangers. Power, power Rangers was great, but all that made me want to do was kick a hole through. My <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mainly Which, the costumes by, they had. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, ask my parents about that, uh, mission accomplished. So <laughs> the, uh, the whole thing with that was that they had, they had go bots, Yep. Uh, GoBots toys. And um, if if you're too young to remember the GoBots, or like most people on this planet, have success, uh, successfully omitted it from your memory, um, it is what was supposed to be uh, the, it was kind of proto-Transformers. I, I can't remember who, who did that, but it was, God, it was such a weird, I think it's Hanna-Barbera. Okay. But uh, but yeah. So it was. If if you look at it, I think GoBots actually predated <laughs> Transformers. Uh, but it was one of those things that you watch it and you're like, this is a ripoff of Transformers. Well, I don't know that necessarily if that timing works out, but uh, boy, was it just like low rent. Um, you know, like recycling all the footage all the time, and Transformers is guilty of that too. But uh god dude it was it was not good and i but i was a kid you know i used to gobble that shit up i thought it was awesome and and the toys were crap but i used to get those all the time i thought they were awesome so the bottom line is uh you know young carl had 
a very iffy taste in toys, but he did love Z-Bots. So uh, basically Z-Bots were about like a stutter step away from Pogs. They were basically like Pogs that you could position. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you buy, you know, 10 for a dollar or something and they were these super small, almost like micro machine kind of like robot looking things yeah they did have this one big robot that they would uh be able to like work with and i actually had i probably god i probably still have that thing i have i have like this storage bin full of old toys like jurassic park the original 1989 batmobile oh yeah uh, stuff like i think i still have the bat cave too but uh yeah the i'm trying to remember how it even came about zbots i don't actually okay i remember now it, it was uh, a friend of mine, I think this was like second grade, and uh, went to one of his parties, which was at this place called Funtime Pizza in Carrollton. So shout out to all uh, Carrollton residents who remember that back in the day. <laughs> who, next to, who, who love Funtime yeah. Pizza? Yeah, it was next to Mervin's. It was basically like Showbiz Pizza. It had the rat and the the the, the scary looking uh, gorilla drumming and stuff. You know, the, the I, stuff I like nightmares. I like that you just call out two places that likely don't exist anymore. Yeah, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, the that, that band and stuff, you know, it, it was just awesome. But, yeah, Funtime Pizza was an awesome place to go. That was That's what introduced me to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, uh, oh, yeah. the Simpsons arcade game, and, and so many other games. Um, but I remember him having a birthday party there, and, you know, he's opening up his, pre- his presents and everything. He's like, yeah, I got these Z-Bots. And I think I had seen a commercial, you know, between – Batman the Animated Series and, you know, SWAT Cats or whatever back in the day. Uh, <laughs> yes. Hey, man, I'm, I'm full of references. I grew up on I th- the good I stuff. Think you, I think you just uh, got Sambino's attention. Yeah. If, I just leveled up in Sambino's book. Yeah. SWAT Cats. Yeah. SWAT Cats. Yeah, Phil. exactly. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> if, uh, oh, God. So when, when, I, was, uh, when I was a little kid, um, I, I didn't. You know, there there was one toy that I got that was uh, it was advertised as basically like the the toy of the future, right? Mm. And it was like this trans. I mean, it was probably not cheap. It was uh, a transforming car that yeah. turned into a robot, and it did all of this stuff and like fired missiles and stuff. But it was all done by voice commands, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a pretty young kid. I, I couldn't be more than like four years old, five years old. Right. Right. So this is, I, I'm watching all these commercials and I see this thing and I'm like, that is the coolest thing in the world. Like I, I have to get it. And so I, I, I got it. And because of uh, my five-year-old uh, boy brain, right. Uh, it's all voice activated. And so it kind of worked a little bit you know like like you know like early 90s voice you know technology does mm-hmm. and uh, i uh i started just yelling like like poopy and like <laughs> diarrhea at it and it was just like transforming you know like missiles go and i was just like what the hell like so like my parents took it away from me because all i would do is is yell like words i shouldn't be saying right at it you know so uh luckily i didn't have the uh the robust you know cursing vocabulary that i do now so uh so it was mostly you know me like the speak and spell me trying to type in like poop 
you know, and it would just like ignore it completely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, God, good old times. Yeah. I mean, I remember <clears throat> there was one Christmas where I asked for a bunch of Z bots and they, I remember the Z bots almost kind of had like a samurai type thing about them, but, uh, and then the huge robot that they'd be able to fit in. And I got that for Christmas. And I remember this is a memory <laughs> where my older sister woke me up in the middle of the night and she's like, I think mom and dad have set all the toys up, you know, and, and at that time, I think I was on the, the, the precipice of, of really realizing that Santa doesn't exist. And so, uh, went out there and of course my little sister got a little bicycle and all, and I see my Z bots all sitting out and I'm just like so excited. So we just like went back to bed real quick. And I think we woke up like two hours later and it was 6am and we're like, okay, mom and dad, it's time to get up. And my dad just like, Oh, <laughs> so uh, Z, Z bots versus uh, army men was one of the greatest battles in the history of mankind. Yep. Uh, many were lost on both sides. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah. God, I, yeah, and I'm trying to remember this other toy I got, I think the same Christmas, and maybe you'll remember it because I still wish I had it. I thought it was one of the coolest things. That's what it was called. It was called uh, Bruno the Bad Dog. Uh, that had to exist when we were children. So there's no, there's no way that didn't exist while we were children. <laughs> do you remember what this thing was? No, no. Are you sending it to me right now? Yeah. I also sent you something else. So let's see. Oh, this is bad radio right here, but no, this okay. is really, this is my favorite right now is when, is when nobody knows what we're looking at. So we have to describe it now. Is it Slack or, uh, Zoom? yeah, I'm putting it here in zoom. And so, yeah, so there's two links I sent you of, of toys I have very fond memories with. Oh, hell yes. Okay. Um, yeah, dude. Or you basically have a, a, it's a, it's a dog, but it's a truck and it has teeth that open up if it has a, a chain. So basically you, you turn it on and you pull the chain back slightly. And so it, the lever goes into a position back. And as soon as it goes back, it starts moving forward and, it, and it's just, you know, burr, 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 burr. It, the, it's making this sort of like engine sound. And then if you pull back all the way while it's it's moving, uh, it'll open up its jaws and start roaring. And, yeah, it's, uh, this, it's this like monster truck thing. It's a, it literally says robotic monster truck on a leash. Yep. Is, is what it's called. But yep. yeah, that that is perfect. Yep. And uh, I'll be I'll be damned if whatever whatever internet snooper is is going on didn't know every single shopping history thing that i've done for this entire thing i just looked down there and they're just like here's a bunch of kitchen accessories like, son, of, <laughs> son of a bitch yeah this thing was created by hot wheels and it came out in 1992 and it was one of the mm -hmm. coolest things to terrorize your sisters with let me tell you mm -hmm. yeah we had a uh, we had Furbies. Um, oh, yeah. oh, we we didn't have Furbies. Our friends had Furbies, which of course had like the brain of like a missile computer and all kinds of stuff they bragged about. And uh, it was like a brain you know, of Satan, man. It would, that thing yeah. would. My my sisters had it, or my little sister did, and it woke up in the middle of the night and start talking, and its eyes would move around like absolutely nope. soulless. So yeah, your friends uh, had it. They they needed to be killed. Um, but yeah, there's there was one that like I think uh, I think it was like you know they locked it in the like freezer and it was like you know burr i'm cold you know and then because they just wanted it to shut the hell up and uh and then it like made snoring sounds in the freezer which is even better 
and then uh <laughs> like he would like throw it and it's like wee and it like breaks <laughs> apart against the wall kind of thing like like he destroyed his sister's furby but uh that's that's probably one of my favorite insults at this point in life is to to bring back my like tiger toys you know references and, yeah, and say that uh two people talking are like listening to two furbies talk <laughs> but uh yeah so I, w- I will say uh mountain girlfriend and i were were out last night and we were we were walking the dog and much to our surprise and sleepy sleepy little addison uh we looked over and there were people that were very obviously like going to a rave um they were they were dressed uh, in rave appropriate clothing. That is to say they barely had any. Yep. And, uh, and which by all means, I've never felt older in my life, <laughs> but I, um, at that moment, I kind of, I mean like between that and like shopping for everybody and having to like throw elbows to get shit and, uh, driving with probably one of the most chaotic like situations on the road this entire week. Um, which I, I do believe that this time uh, everybody's got something else on the mind right now. And so they all drive like idiots and assholes. Oh yeah. And I've been experiencing that too. I will, uh, I will say that my, my perception of Christmas has now changed and it's not, it's not like a bad thing. Right. I mean, I'm not, this isn't like Carl shits on Christmas for the next hour. It's it, my thing is, that when I was a kid, it was full of like fun and wonder and like you'd go get some toys and you'd be with your family and like making cookies with my family and all kinds of stuff. And then I think that I finally now in my early thirties to hit that inflection point where I'm like, Oh wait, like this, this is what like my parents had to deal with you know, trying to get like me, me crap on time and like, uh, get Christmas stuff ready and go visit their parents and go visit, you know, the in-laws and stuff like that. And I was like, I, yeah. And that's pre-internet. I I finally hit it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I finally hit that point where I was just kind of, it's almost, it's almost like a, like matrix moment, (laughs) you know, like you take the pill and then like shit just gets real. Yep. Um, yeah, it was very strange. And so, uh, I also want to point out that these rave people, just a quick, quick side note as, <laughs> yeah. as someone, as someone who fully supports rave culture, um, and, uh, and doesn't plan to ever participate in it again, the, um, the clothes that these people were wearing, um, had very exposed, uh, rears, mm. right. Uh, more power to them. But my, the thing that I was trying to figure out is like, so you're an Uber driver, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you pick these people up, like there's, there's kind of like this, this, uh, this tacit agreement that has to happen between Uber driver and patron, right? Where it's like, you're an Uber driver and you're okay with someone's ass being on like directly on your back seat. But then, but as a patron, you have to be okay with your ass being on an Uber driver's back seat. Right. Yeah. Two so way street there. Yeah. As, as, as far as tango. that's concerned, yeah, <laughs> I was just, I'm just thinking about this. I'm like, I, like it, it was one thing where I was like, uh, let, let's say that uh, I'm in good enough shape, you know, I've got my, uh, you know, my fuzzy boots on, and I've got my, you know, uh, pacifier in, and I'm wearing my glow sticks, and I'm ready to go, and I'm wearing my ass's chaps. Pacifier. 
and uh, <laughs> and you and I decided that the best thing to do was to get in the back seat of this Uber. And am I like at that point, um, barring any kind of chemical assistance, uh, which I don't do, but uh, would I be okay with having my bare ass on an Uber seat? And then do they know what they're getting in? I mean, is it kind of one of those things where you like have to call ahead and be like, hey, is it okay if I bring my dog in this Uber? It's like, hey, is it okay if my bare ass touches your back seats? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <clears throat> next time I get in an Uber and I see like a, a brown streak stain in the back seat, I'm going to be like, hmm, I wonder if it's yeah. from that. Well, you do, you do, uh, because we're already graphic enough. If you do have, if you do have a situation in, in which you have like a code brown, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're not wearing anything really back there. Uh, you do eliminate kind of that extra layer of protection between you and the backseat. I don't know if Ubers are mentally prepared no. to handle that. Like they're probably used to a bunch of college kids, you know, getting ripped and thrown up in their backseat. Yeah. Right. But they're probably not used to someone like actually taking a dump on their backseat. I'm sure it's happened. That's, that's I know the, it's happened. It's I, the like worst. there's, is there like a, like a Reddit page for, <laughs> for Uber drivers? We can go. <sighs> there probably yeah. is for restaurant owners. Oh, can Lord. only imagine the uh, restrooms and stuff, but, uh, yeah, this anyway. this took it this this went to a nice little turn. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody! Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, now now that I know now now that the the thin veneer of Christmas has been removed, and I see it for what it really is, which is another time to wear no clothes and go to a rave. So, um, what, but before we uh, proceed, so. <laughs> Like, I guess when I was a kid, like back when, you know, cruising USA and all that stuff was new, I I think I remember seeing people that would go to a rave, or at least what I uh, envision is, you know, everybody dressed up like they were from the movie Hackers, you know, and sure. uh, everybody looked futuristic or steampunkish. And now it's like they're barely wearing anything. I, I don't understand what happened there. Um. It if you ask me to comment on fashion in general, I would definitely be about 15 years behind. And then when it comes to rave fashion, I'd be all years behind. Yeah. So, um, I can't tell you where, where things have transgressed, but, uh, you know, go for it. I mean, if they want to do that in 40 degree weather, uh, <laughs> be my guest. I'm just a old mustachioed man. Watch walking his dog with his girlfriend. I know nothing. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah anyway that that is my musings on christmas for the moment let's talk about the best christmas movies streaming right now and worst because boy are there some stinkers yeah okay yeah no i i will be honest i think uh i've, I've watched have, having been steeped in the hallmark movie world for as long as mountain girlfriend and i have been dating I've seen uh, basically all Christmas movies out of Hallmark because once you've seen a sampling of at least 10, I think you've got a pretty good feel for them. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but there are some movies that some of these streaming services are pushing out now that are supposed to be kind of like their way to combat the, the Hallmark, you know, schlock fest on, on Christmas and everything. And 
uh, one of those movies that came out uh, a few years ago was The Christmas Prince. Did you did you ever did you ever subject yourself to one, two, or three? The mm, The Christmas Prince on on Netflix. No, no, it is. Uh, it's exactly what you thought it would be. It's it's uh, it's kind of ridiculous. It's like this uh, this you know blogger that uh the pride the you know prides herself on on being a a very like fact-driven investigative journalist right decides to go over to a fake country in somewhere in europe and falls in love with a prince right hmm. and the first one is them falling in love the second one is them getting married and the third one is them having a baby it, well the thing is throughout all of these films uh it becomes a lot more self-aware right like the first one, I think they actually like gave kind of a college try at making a Hallmark-esque movie. Yeah. The second one where they get married, I think they fully lean into the bit where they've got some of the like the dumbest crap you've ever seen where it's like her taking notes, but it's just like, uh, you know, oh, that's a great idea. Like, and she writes down like person with a question mark, you know, like it, it knows how dumb it is. Yeah. Um there there's one scene from the second movie that if you're going to watch it it's the only part that's worth watching and it is literally when uh the whole town is like going on strike or something and, and like they go through this like you know quick spiel about oh how it's going to ruin christmas and everything like how are we going to get everybody working again and they've got this like one janitor dude who like walks by this Christmas tree in this hallway and like it all the whole shot is just of him walking in this hallway and pulling the 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 uh plug on the Christmas tree and then walking away. And it's just like like as if they couldn't drive it home enough that Christmas was ruined, right? Like they've got they just got this one dude that's like he's got nothing better to do than just unplug Christmas trees throughout the entire building. Wow. Wow. It's it's so great. But uh but yeah, it, it really leaned into its own stupidity. And the, so the third one just came out this year, which is talking about something about a treaty. And if you don't get it signed, like uh, they're the firstborn in the kingdom will be cursed or something. It's so it's so damn dumb. But uh, but the bottom line is it finally it, it realizes how dumb it actually is. And so there is a little bit in there for guys who are watching with their significant others who are actually glued to this kind of movie hmm. right where they're just like yeah, it's at least it's like self-aware enough where i get to kind of chuckle at it so it's like a parody of itself uh, in moments yes not not the entire thing because that would be too on the nose right like mm-hmm. like i think all significant others would sniff that out in a heartbeat and, and like immediately it would be downgraded like don't make fun of the movies i love kind of thing yeah so they leave little breadcrumbs in there for for the boyfriends to just like you know chuckle under their breath at that. but uh but there's that kind of stuff. Uh, Netflix released Christmas Chronicles last year with Kurt Russell, which was oh yeah, where he's like Santa. Yeah, which by the way, pretty pretty bitchin' choice for Santa. Yeah, is uh, Snake Plissken. Yeah, so Escape yeah. from the North Pole. <laughs> yeah, which I would watch that movie. Escape from Rudolph. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, if you're if you're gonna subject yourself to a the it's the most Disney. Christmas movie that probably has ever come out of Netflix. Hmm. And, uh, and I would say that one's probably worth watching if you're into that kind of thing. Um, the one 
that had me really scratching my head probably more than anything is a movie called the princess switch mm-hmm. and it had the which is exactly what you think it is hey, what do you what do you think brandon a movie called the princess switch is about without knowing it i want you to kind of riff with me and figure out exactly what the princess switch is about right now i'm gonna guess it's a ripoff of uh sort of the parent trap uh sort of uh premise where uh this princess finds another female who is her long lost twin or looks exactly like her so they switch and one goes from rags to riches and one goes from riches to rags and there you go are you a witch <laughs> yes, See, i could correct. write this stuff I yeah, write it that's, blindfolded you know that's amazing i don't believe that uh that you actually could come up with such a complex plot on the fly but there it is um, vanessa hudgens stars and oh, i was God. really hoping you were going to go off like yeah. way, way, way off and just be like, uh, like invasion of the body statures level of plot. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. Everybody um, dies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Cronenberg does. The, the princess uh, <laughs> has a mental switch in her head and she switches and all of a sudden she becomes Terminator and kills everybody. That These are the things that I live for, but no, it doesn't <laughs> exist like that. If they could do a sequel for that, that would actually be preferable. But unfortunately, Vanessa Hudgens plays, the uh, the titular role of the princess and mm-hmm. also the uh, the plucky like Chicago baker mm-hmm. that decides to go to Belgravia another like fantastic <laughs> made up Belgravia Belgravia do they which... sell they serve gravy there like what? <laughs> <laughs> every every single time I read it I think to myself gravy so um, also because I'm fat but the thing is with Princess Switch the whole thing kind of culminates in this baking competition as one would do. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And especially a baker from Chicago. I mean, naturally they would be there to bake, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely not the sightsee. So, uh, the whole thing is like, I mean, spoilers ahead, everybody for all, all six people that want to watch a princess, switch. Mm -hmm. um, the, the main thing kind of climaxes at this giant baking competition, which is supposed to be like set put on by the royalty and everything and every, all, all things are revealed and you have the prince that is supposed to be uh, like handing out the award for the baking show mm-hmm. naturally um, because most royalty would do that. And like during the, ceremony of all this at some point they decide that oh wait you're actually not the princess and oh wait you're actually not the baker uh let's go ahead and just switch places in the last 10 minutes of the movie and everybody is now okay with that right like the whole the whole I guess world that's watching this baking show is now totally cool with the fact that the prince is marrying a baker from Chicago and you know, roll credits. So it, it is, uh, it is incredibly dumb and it, it doesn't do anything with, with anything. I mean, it's a, it's a blatant ripoff of like four different movies, but uh, at least, you know, I don't know. It, it it exists. If you want to waste some time and watch a goofy Christmas movie, that's fine. The only thing that I would say after that is Noel. Um, Noel is a Christmas movie that Disney Plus put on. Hmm. 
I, um, I've been hearing a little bit about it. Yeah. Anna Kendrick, uh, Bill Hader. Um, it actually was good. It is a, it's exactly what you think it is. It is somewhere between a feature release, right? And a Disney movie, like a Disney channel movie. Right. But it's, it's got the acting chops to make it fun. The writing isn't overly stupid. Uh, there are some obvious plot holes that you can ignore immediately. And the characters are likable. Uh, no one specifically is an antagonist. Uh, really. I mean, it's more of like, you know, a MacGuffin kind of movie where you mm -hmm. have to go find something, but it's, uh, it was pretty fun. I mean, if, if you're going to sit down and you're going to watch a Christmas movie, you haven't seen this year. That's not going to be a theatrical release. Uh, you could do worse than Noel. Who's in um, it? So it's Anna Kendrick, uh, Shirley MacLaine, oh. Bill Hader. Uh, I, I, it's a, there's okay. So there's one actor in here I I've probably seen before, but I can't put my finger on it. Kingsley Ben Adir, hmm. um, Julie Haggerty, who's been in everything. Mm -hmm. uh, Billy Eichner, who is a he's a pretty funny dude. Um, comedian uh does a funnier die tv show and michael gross of all people who is burt gummer from tremors um <laughs> which uh that would have made this movie way more interesting also if, tremors to start coming out <laughs> yeah if, if if this entire movie was shot around the premise of a christmas movie that just happened to be with graboids mm. and Bert Gummer had to save the day with like a 50 cal and a stick of dynamite. Yeah. Now we're talking. That's a Christmas movie. Uh, I would have absolutely signed into or signed on for that. But uh, is there, is there any Christmas movie or scene from a Christmas movie uh, that's not streaming that you actually like, what, what's your favorite moment from a Christmas movie, any Christmas movie? Uh, so, you know, I, I could say the usual one that I always come up with, which is like, you know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. There's so many moments in that, but I'm going to go a little bit different. I think my, my second favorite one is, uh, Home Alone. Um, Home Alone was one I saw in theater as a kid and it's just, I mean, you, you just see like what a great job, uh, Chris Columbus did directing that. I can't remember if he directed the second one. The second one's pretty good too, but just in a very different way. But right. uh, Home Alone, the 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 scene in which uh, you know he's he's got the the VHS, the almost R-rated you know gangster flick that he has on, starring I can't remember the character's name, and the uh, pizza delivery driver you know showing up, and he's just yep. like, "Hand over the money, you filthy animal!" You know, and it's yep. like. Uh, that, that whole scene was probably my favorite, uh, where the guys just running for cover and same thing with the wet bandits when they show up with Harry and Marv and, uh, yeah. you know, they're jumping for cover cause they just hear this loud gunfire going on, you know? So yeah, uh, that's probably one of my favorite scenes from, a uh, Christmas movie. Uh, that nice. I think of. That's a good pick. Um, they, I know like, so I think it was, was it the second one where you had the tape recorder? that every kid bought. Yep. Yeah. I mean, talk about a weird like thing to do product placement on, but that was, yeah, it's a great, I remember it very well. I mean, it's a silver tape recorder that had like weird gray microphone popping up. 
right? Yeah, it did. And the interesting thing with that is like right after that, I think in 94, 95, uh, then they came out with Yak Back. Yep. You remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that very well, which why isn't there a Yak Back <laughs> app? It needs right? to come back. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly doesn't need to be uh, like an actual toy anymore. <laughs> I mean, like that, I, I remember doing that in and thinking that was the coolest thing in the world. But yeah, a, a Yak Back app would make uh, quite a bit of very dumb money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, put that up there with, with things like Bop It. So, <laughs> Bob. so what, what's uh, one of your favorite scenes from a Christmas movie? The I'm going to be a little boring and say that uh, Christmas Vacation... Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when the, is it the tree that goes through the window? Yeah. The, the tree after he, <laughs> yeah. After he cuts the rope and it's just the branches just shoot out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I like that a lot. And then also the, uh, every single time, um, Oh God, what's her name? She's in veep. I'm oh, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, yeah. Yeah, when when she and her her boyfriend get in arguments and like it's always about it's always about Chevy Chase and his family and like they do everything that incidentally like screws them up. Also, uh, there's one insult that I can't remember, but it's like right there on the driveway. And if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. But it is the most national lampoon like moment of that entire thing where it's just like I can't remember. It's like god dang it i'm not doing very well at this but the bottom line is i love that movie and uh and christmas vacation is a classic but what we, what happened in the driveway i could probably help you remember uh they were like trading insults and uh and chevy chase says something back to Ju- uh, julie louise louise Dreyfus. oh uh, yeah yeah i can't remember i can't remember the, the conversation the either. anyway shitty radio sorry oh but uh, i i but one of the other and i just have to get in some favorite scenes from that movie but uh the scene where he's uh about to either he's about to go in and see his boss or whatever and all those guys walk out and he's like he's like yeah merry christmas yeah kiss his ass kiss your ass kiss yep. my ass <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Or when he when he flips out, um, you know, uh, when he when he goes on his tirade and he's talking about his boss and he's not making any sense, you know that no good blah blah blah, and and then he was just like, uh, I forget what he says exactly, but he says like, like holy shit, where's the Tylenol? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, we're just fucking up quotes everywhere. It yeah, doesn't matter. We are. The bottom line is it's a great movie and if you haven't seen it go see it uh buy it whatever yep. yeah it's it's awesome it's a classic yeah it um, came out actually, let's talk about uh, 30 let's years talk ago. about shit that we actually know yeah like, let's let's go with like it. like we like things we actually could quote right now because it's fresh in our mind yeah mandalorian dude we did it seven. gang they actually they actually uh did what i was worried about which is quickly progressing the plot to a point where you can actually wrap things up yep um that was a really freaking good episode dude uh they am i wrong in the fact that like they channeled pitch black there for like a good moment of that fight scene and everything like that oh yeah 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 there was uh 
there's quite a bit of of fun sci-fiing going on. They got the band back together, you know, they go go back to the original planet and they meet with the client and it's it's just a like every moment of this was well paced. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and, and I thought it was smart too, that he went back to Gina Carino's character. I knew it wasn't going to be the last uh, that we saw her and, and I actually like her character a lot. Um, you know, she's one of those actresses that isn't really known for her acting range per se, but more so her physicality, which she definitely brings it to this character. Right. Um, and so I thought it was pretty cool, especially the, the scene where they're, you know, they meet up with Carl Weathers and. They're going through and they they have a fire and, and stop there for the night. And all of a sudden you see these dragon like things flying through. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. Right. I really enjoyed that scene. And uh, I was afraid they were going to pick up Baby Yoda and fly away with them. Yeah. But, um, you know, instead they end up attacking Carl Weathers and, you know, he's badly injured. And then you see something that I don't think we've ever seen the force do before, which is instantly heal someone uh, a la Jesus Christ style. Yeah, or like outside of like video games kind of thing. Right. right? So I don't know if this is like a more evolved uh, creature that is Yoda. You know, I don't think this is actually Yoda. I think this is like Mm -hmm. another uh, of his kind of a species and maybe it's more evolved. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And the fact that Carl Weathers' character uh, changed his mind and killed the, the, you know, sort of bounty hunters he had with him and went along with this plan and he's like, yeah, there's just going to be like four or six stormtroopers. And all of a sudden, like they all just start showing up John wick three style, you know, like here comes the, the, the black, you know, death stormtroopers. And then you see, um, uh, what's his name from breaking bad show up, which was really, really cool. So you can see he's trying to, you know, lead this new movement, which I think becomes, um, the, the new empire as we know it with the newer trilogy. Right. So seeing him show up was real cool, and it's kind of like, what are they going to do? And leaving the the episode on a, on a cliffhanger, that's something I was really waiting for. We talked about it before the show today. Was I'm like, that's what it was like every freaking episode watching 24, you know, back yep. in the day, you'd have to wait a week. Or, or if they did 24 episodes, you had to wait during the break, and it's like, did he really kill Nina? Or, you know, <laughs> so it's uh, leaving it on that note where it's sad that you see – you know, the Nick Nolte's, you know, character die. Uh, and he couldn't make it because of that slow ass thing, you know, it's yep. just, he's going like, I thought it was funny. He was like, he's like, can you come in? He's like, no, no, he's not going to hear you because he's going so fast. He's going three miles per hour, you know, <laughs> yeah, all the yeah. wind in this and here space. comes, here come the, uh, and I really like the, uh, the bikers from, um, you know, return of the Jedi that you see on indoor with the Ewoks, like yep. those guys, I always thought those bikes were real cool. And, and all of a sudden they just, they're, they caught up to him in no time. So yep. they pick up baby Yoda and we'll see what happens in the next episode. Well, I think, uh, one of the big things here is the the newly reformed IG eleven droid, right? Oh yeah, he's still he's still on the ship. So, uh, if I had to guess, there are things at play here that are probably going to force our main protagonist to join up with the thing he hates more than anything in the planet, which is droids. Yeah, and I don't think he has enough programming knowledge to do it. I really think that. I, I'm I'm really bad with character names, but you know Nick Nolte's creature, uh, 
Quill. Yeah, Quill. Yeah. I've got I've got the uh, the IMDb pulled up because I wasn't going to let another Christmas yeah, story screw up happen. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm sorry, uh, the Christmas vacation screw up happened. But yeah. Um, so Giancarlo Esposito is yep. the uh, is the gentleman from Breaking Bad, and he plays a character named Moth Gideon, which we don't know his name yet in the mm-hmm. actual series. It's IMDb magic is why I get to to actually state that mm-hmm. you read a lot of the reviews people will actually refer to him like as moss or as moff gideon even though people don't actually know like anything about him yet right he's a, he's the shadowy character that showed up and and dispatched the client uh pretty quickly so this is this is pretty interesting what we're getting into now i would like to uh the the whole like reformed droid thing I thought was kind of a strange arc, mm-hmm. but uh, probably better to see something like that uh, and give more attention, like emotional attention to the droid to kind of make you care about it mm-hmm. versus just like bringing him in and being like, nah, he's good now, dog. Like go, go get some bad guys. And, uh, and that's fine because that's what I like. You know, I, I, I enjoy when a director, uh, when a writer takes the time to truly introduce a character so that you know you're supposed to care about them, right? And I, I think they did a good job. So I'm hoping that uh, IG-11, uh, the, the only droid on this, you know, mission with them becomes a bigger part of it and it's more of like a, it's interesting. I mean, like you'd never think of like a reform story, you know, for a tin can, a, a robot. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I, I found it interesting. It, I mean, it, it added some gravity to it, that entire like, like small montage of him getting, getting better at being just a servant. Right. Yeah. And it's voiced by Taika Waititi. So I knew that he wasn't just going to be a one and done in one episode at the very beginning. I knew he was going to come back in some way. And right. so when he came back in that way, I was like, okay, that's a real creative way to do it. And I actually like the direction they're taking. Um, I, you know, I was kind of, kind of expecting the droid to like come out and do something at the end of the episode, but I, I can tell they're saving it for the final episode here. But um, my theory is that Quill probably programmed something in uh, into that droid where if he dies or if the child gets taken or something like that, it goes into like, you know, search and rescue mode. Um, yep. So that's what I'm expecting this next episode. Yeah, I would assume that. I mean, like, they definitely gave you some breadcrumbs up front, you know, when they were talking about, like, oh, he's, I, I can't remember what Quill said, but it was something like, uh, you know, oh, he's not programmed like that anymore. He's programmed to protect. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so, okay, uh, that's, that's fine. Yep. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we're going to see some, serious assassin droid action coming up not not unlike our uh, little fun moment that we had at the very beginning of the show right yeah yep yeah so can't wait for that episode so i uh i watched something recently that what was that six underground by michael yeah. bay do well okay so that's fine uh we all we all, all, we are everybody here. Everybody who listens to us is probably very aware of what a Michael Bay product is. Yep. So, to recap, for those that are uh, unaware, 
Uh, you know, Michael Bay directed the first Bad Boys film. Um, and then he also did, you know, I think the rock. He, yeah. The rock, uh, which was a great film. I, I really liked it, you know? And then, so, and then of course the transformers franchise, which I absolutely just cannot stand because it's nothing like the transformers I knew growing up. Yep. Uh, and, and then a few other films that I'm just not that, not that into or never really got into. And so, you know, Michael Bay, of course, is uh, parodied on, he's been featured on South Park, you know, where they, especially the Imagination Land episode, where they bring in him as well as Mel Gibson. I don't know if you've seen it. And uh, they're like, okay, well, how do we, how do we defeat the terrorists in Imagination Land? So they bring in uh, Michael Bay and he's like, well, first it's going to be like, craw, it's going to be like, it's just craw. <laughs> and they're like, that's just a bunch of explosion noises. That's not an actual plan. Yes, it is. Well, give me another chance. Okay. And then he's like, and then it's going to be like, craw, you know? Yep. And uh, so it's, that's, that's pretty much Michael Bay in a nutshell. It's all about explosions, a lot of unnecessary explosions, but I will say he does have like his own fashion of, uh, you know, uh, entertaining films. But the one thing that changed my mind about him was 13 hours. So that was about the soldiers in Benghazi. Um, and these are, of course, ex-military guys that, you know, ex-special forces that, you know, I won't get too much into that. But um, the whole premise is, you know, everybody knows the Benghazi attacks and there was right. unnecessary deaths and all that other stuff. And the way that that film was done and executed was very realistic. Um, there wasn't, like, unnecessary explosions. There's maybe, like, one weird, you know, and, and the thing about Michael Bay is there's a lot of slow motion scenes. So there's a few of that, but uh, but it's not it's not like it's unnecessary and over the top. Like, everything was, was done within the confines of the story, and nothing was distracting. And, and it was done really well, and that really surprised me. I'm like, oh this guy can actually make a really good film. Okay. Well, let's see what else he can do, you know? So sure. <clears throat> flash forward to, I guess well, a year ago, I started hearing about this six underground movie. And of course I was like, wait, isn't that a song by, uh, by a band in the UK? <laughs> and then, uh, <coughs> uh, seeing like behind the scenes footage of it and that Ryan Reynolds is involved and they have these, these really awesome military helicopters and all the stuff and reading the premise was basically that he's a billionaire and he's faked his own death and he helps others fake their own deaths who are like professionals, whether they're a wheelman or a hitman or a former spy or whatever. Um, and even a guy who's like really good at parkour, which is very lame. Um, sorry, millennials, but that was really stupid. So, uh, Brandon, yeah, real quick. Mm hmm. Do you know who also is very good at parkour? Uh, probably not J-Mac. Audible. <laughs> Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. And, wow. uh, yeah, well, and they also, I want to make clear that audible has also never faked its own death. Nope. Not yet. Not. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Amazon. They can do whatever they want. They can do, yeah, they can do whatever they want. But yes, uh, anyway, so Ryan, Ryan Reynolds <laughs> faking his own death. And, uh, uh yeah. So anyways, uh, he puts together this elite squad called the ghost, which is kind of a ripoff of ghost recon, you know? And uh, he wants to go after bad people in the world that 
governments and all these other uh, organizations can't do because of red tape. And yeah, there's a point there. And so there's a nice little premise, right? You could execute this and, and make a really awesome movie, even if it's somewhat anything like Bad Boys, something close to that would at least be entertaining. So I went into this film thinking, okay, if Ryan Reynolds signed up for it, sign me up. I'm a big fan of Ryan Reynolds. I like everything he's done, all the decisions he's made this decade. And, you know, he's on a roll. Um, so going into it, you know, I knew he was in it. I knew Dave Franco was in it, who's pretty funny. Um, and then everybody else, I wasn't really aware of who they were. But I'm like, all right, let's give it a shot. It's on Netflix. It's free with my subscription and right. uh, yeah <laughs> there's there's yeah. that there's that i always forget about it and so i check it out the other night and from the start there is a car chase scene where they're in a getaway car and it's a uh alfa romeo uh, uh julia julia and it's lime green okay right if you're in a getaway car it's not going to be the most bright thing that sticks out you know it is so, a little self-aware though right like they do kind of comment on it a little bit they they do he does and i'm like okay you know i'll, I'll get past it because there were some glaring things like that in bad boys and even the rock you know where i was like okay whatever you just go along with it so i'm like all right i'm just gonna go along with it i made some popcorn i'm just gonna treat this like a popcorn flick and just try to have fun and turn off my brain the whole way through carl i could not turn off my brain because the story was horrible they barely go in anything um and it's just like the the bad guy of course there, there's no depth he's got a brother but there's still no depth there and of course you know it's i won't spoil anything but the thing that really distracts the viewer and definitely distracted me is the shaky cam work and the Great. editing the editing is so like I, I don't know if we've talked about Taken Three. Yeah, we we have the the like fence climbing thing where yeah. they just like start like doing the thirty shots at one second kind it, of thing. Exactly, yeah. and you don't know what's going. That's exactly what happens here, and it's like thirty shots, and then it zooms in on one of the girls' faces, and she's all like looking around. It's just, just it's just, uh, and, and the the editing, it's like a five year old. Like he he left some five year old to to edit it and put it together. Like it's the worst piece of garbage of a movie that I've one of the worst I've ever seen. I'm, I'm definitely going to put it up there in the top 10, one of the worst movies I've seen. Um, so there's, there's, there's a very, like, there's a very mean streak when it comes to, to Michael Bay, when he creates movies, he, like we could actually create a, a podcast that's just called Michael Bay couldn't help himself. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's the, all the moments in his movies where Michael Bay like escapes from the confines of Michael Bay and he must like do his most Bayist thing ever in a film. And the rock is a pretty clear example of that. They do a, they do a really fun job with even, I mean, obviously Nicholas Cage is, is exactly what you'd expect in, in a movie. Yeah. And then, uh, but there's, there's a moment where it's like this, like chase is going on and like people are freaking out and then like it just like cuts oh and the, the, the hummer and yeah 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 and the hairdresser yep. is like like having a meltdown and it's like all i need to know is did he like his haircut and then it like like snips back to like the rest <laughs> of the high speed thing and i'm like good job michael bay and then uh there was there was also um it's almost well, a little bit like Sam Raimi, you know, like like it's on the cuff and and they and he knows it, you know. But I mean, like, there's some stuff that like I would give him that, but then also there is 
okay, so uh, I think it's Devastator, right? It is the Transformer that's like the Constructicons Transformer, which my my nerd is showing. But anyway, it, it's the it's the one where like they all the different construction equipment forms the giant robot, and they're like it takes over everything. And in the movies, it's like uh, you know soaking up like the sand in in the middle of Egypt or some shit. And, uh, you know, trying to fight all the Transformers and something about Energon and nobody cares. And then the uh, thing stops and it cuts to, um, what's his name? Uh, anyway, it cuts to someone staring up at the back of oh. Devastator. Uh, yeah, and, I, I know who you're talking like, about. Uh, yeah. Bald-headed actor. Yeah, it's like, I, where I are you? I remember seeing like, in the in the trailer and because of that, I'm like, I'm never seeing it. Because he's just like... Oh my god! And I'm like, that yeah, just, it, just looks it, so over the top and out of which place. Which like Stanley Tucci is actually Stanley Tucci. They, that's who it was. Yeah. Son of a bitch! Like they're actually some good actors in that movie, which pisses me off <laughs> even more. Um, <laughs> seriously, think about that. Like, well, like it's it's like the old school, uh, you know, thought process of uh, you know, or like the UA Bull style thing, where it's like, how much money can we throw at this to make it? Yeah happen but like so uh john Turturro, right is who i was thinking of i okay. think he's like underneath devastator and they're like where are you right now and he's like i'm underneath uh the the alien's balls and it's just like like two giant you know like clacking uh like construction I, well, I don't know what they call it but like uh you know like the giant balls they use to like wreck buildings wrecking balls like that wrecking balls no yeah. shit thank you <laughs> Uh, it hit me it hit me like a wrecking ball so um uh, yeah anyway giant wrecking balls that are clacking uh and supposed to be like this transformer's testicles and so you you give it you, you have a moment like in the rock right where you're like oh that was probably off the cuff like that was really stupid but at least it happened like that's fine and we just get on with the movie with that one it took millions of dollars in editing to make sure that we got to see that robot's testes hanging there and clacking above John Turturro's head. Do you know how much planning is involved yeah. in something like that? Like, I hope they storyboarded that. I hope there is an actual image of Devastator's <laughs> testicles somewhere. Like you're like, and we're gonna like sell this off for like you know uh, five hundred thousand dollars one day. I'm gonna work with Mountain Girlfriend, and we're gonna surprise you one of these years for your birthday, and you're gonna get that framed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's yeah, <a> oh, <laughs> dude, I, I bet you, I bet you it exists. If you can't do that, like, make sure you get some kind of like weird stylized, you know, version from the still, yeah, of the movie, yeah, like a hand drawn version. Well, and that's kind of how it was with Six Underground. Like, I didn't like any of the characters. Even Ryan Reynolds' characters, it's just like him being himself. And then, of course, there's a clear product placement of Aviation Gin right there at the bar. That's you know? my boy. And, of course, he's talking to the the evil bad guy and just being a, a complete dick to him. And then he's like, oh, I didn't get your name. And he's like, oh, my name is – he's like, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to her. And it was like this bartender. And so – he gets her name. The next thing, next scene is all of a sudden they're in this like exotic bedroom and they just had sex. And I'm just like, what the hell? And then he's <laughs> like, he's like, where, 
where are you going to move to? And she's like, oh, I'm thinking New York. He's like, oh, I have a house there, too. And she's like, oh, are you stalking me now? And I'm like, what the hell am I watching? Like, this is so stupid. And then he sees her at the end. And I'm like, and, and he looks sad because he the, the thing he talks about is he faked his own death. So he can't be, you know, remotely close or talk to any of his loved ones or family or nothing because uh, he's off the grid. And so you see him sad and contemplating, like, should I go and talk to her? Maybe I love her. And I'm like, this is so dumb. Uh, and, but going back to the action, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of like violent, um, deaths and stuff. And so, you know, it had that going for it, but of course, unnecessary explosions where, you know, a car's chasing the lime green car ends up rolling over like a wooden table. And all of a sudden there's like the firework explosions where they just, just all behind it. I'm like, where'd that come from? Like, did that come from the, the grapefruit it just wrecked? Like, it's so stupid, man. You know, it's like a golden eye thing where you, you shoot a table and it blows up, you know? So, uh, it's just so dumb, but there, there was a, there was a scene, there's so many scenes in the movie, but, um, there was a scene where the guy who's the sniper, um, is like, you know, former military guy and they're trying to get out of there. And, and the parkour guy is of course getting beat up cause he's just a big pussy. And he's like, Oh, we, we need to say we need to go back. I'm not leaving the man behind. He's like, dude, you're not in the military anymore. So eventually he gets the car to stop because he knows, even though they're in this car chase, that because I think this place takes place in Hong Kong or something, it's one of the tallest buildings. And the guy has fallen like so many stories fighting this really big, like German dude. And he falls on the scaffolding. So meanwhile, they're like doing a car chase scene down below, probably like at least a hundred stories. And the guy happens to know exactly where the dude is. And he gets out of the car, has a sniper rifle and shoots the, the guy who's like choking the parkour guy. I'm like, come on. Like 360, no look headshot again. I'm trying to like, you know, remove logic, but even in the movie, like the rock, you know, it had, it had moments where you're just like some eye rolling moments, but it had a lot of redeeming qualities of the rock because it was pretty realistic, you know, overall for the most part, you know? And, I don't know. It was just I I would I would just say for anybody out there who ends up uh, wanting to check this out because there's absolutely nothing else on and you're like oh check it out it's Ryan Reynolds and and maybe he's got some funny moments you might laugh the first thirty seconds and the rest of the film you're like hating yourself because you're not stopping it <laughs> and I continued so that I could report uh here first thing for everybody including you carl so if you yeah, Mountain I girlfriend, watch that. it if you make it all the way to the end uh i'll buy you a beer <laughs> every everybody brandon watches things so we don't have to yeah did uh no i really like just make up a letter grade for this f just like just I, f. I would say f minus if if i if i could it was just horrible it's just not, is that, you're not going to give it like an S for for shit. Uh, yeah. If that was a a grade, um, yeah, I would probably give it an S for shit. Um, That's good. Editing, directing, acting, story, you our, name it. Our first big budget is a fart film in the wind. to ever be be rated S. Yeah, uh, the, I think the production was like 160 or over 200 million. I'm like. How do people get stuff like this made, you know? But that's what it is. That's what Netflix does, you know? And you have the pros and the cons. Like, it's it's a good thing that they'll allow creative freedom for some directors and stuff, and that's great, especially for up-and-comers. Like, uh, for example, uh, can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the guy did uh, Haunting a Hill House, and now he's right, uh, right. Mike Flanagan. You know, yep. so it's good to see those up-and-comers that actually have some talent and skill, not Michael Bay. 
Um, well, that's the thing is like Michael Bay probably uh, does a good job uh, or a better job when he's surrounded by people that like slap his hand when he wants to put like transformer balls in a movie. <laughs> and, and that's fine. Right. Because like even the first transformers had uh, Spielberg yeah. as a producer. Right. right? And, and that was, there are some very, very Spielbergian shots in the original transformers, despite, you know, oh yeah, if you like it or not. And, um, maybe that's the thing is like netflix was like you know what like michael bay is is a name like they don't know that he has to have like this top dollar apparatus around him to be able to create a good movie or a passable movie so they were just like hire michael bay and let him build his own team and his own team is like his nephew and then like six dudes he found like hanging out outside of like a blockbuster in the 90s and i, I don't know like I just feel like he, he's not the kind of guy that you let fly solo on a project. Yeah. This was a bad call by Ryan Reynolds. I don't know why he signed up for this film other than product placement for his, his company, his aviation gin company. Um, I, I seriously don't know. I mean, I know he's got another kid on the way, so Hey, more money is never a bad thing, but don't sell out, man. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Um, I know we're we're running out of time quickly, uh, yeah, so I want to make sure that we talk about uh, Avatar. Oh, of um, course, is is now available on Disney Plus. Um, all right, what's next? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we saw the Tenet trailer. Yes. Um, so I, when I when I sent this to you earlier, right? So this is this is uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. This is his next huge film that. Uh, is supposed to be a game changer, as is everything, and always playing with the concept of time because he's Christopher Nolan, mm -hmm. and he doesn't know how to make a film that doesn't do that. But the uh, the thing that like made me laugh my ass off when uh, when I first saw this trailer was because I was right outside of work, and like I was trying to get stuff done, and I wasn't trying to bother anybody. Uh, so I, I the first time I watched this trailer, I watched it like on mute with uh youtube subtitles which i mean like i know like youtube subtitles are are a great thing like any anything that can help any person who uh is like has difficulty hearing or is deaf sure. uh, like to help them enjoy stuff like i'm all for i'm very excited that's the thing now uh, but i also know that a lot of it is kind of a uh it seems to be ai driven right like yeah. they they try to put together words and stuff like that on the fly. Um, I'm not entirely sure that's the same for all of these things, but maybe they're just filling in gaps with it. Uh, this, let me tell you something. Watching a Christopher Nolan trailer is confusing enough with the sound on, right? And like fully, fully enjoying the trailer for all of its merits. If you're going to watch a Christopher Nolan trailer, don't watch it with YouTube subtitles with the sound off because you will have no idea what the hell is going on. <laughs> I, I actually, like the first thing I did when I sent it to you, he was like, like Brandon, you're like, this is a great trailer. And I was just like, I have no idea what the fuck is happening. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, there's Robert Pattinson driving backwards. And I think a Saab 9.5 decided to like un unscrew itself up. And, uh, and that was like the summary. I was like something about wall running. I don't know. Anyway, I got to watch it again, and it was it was pretty pretty awesome. Also, still don't know what's happening, but yeah. I have a better idea of what is happening. What what was your main takeaway from any of this, except for the fact that Christopher Nolan can't leave time alone? 
that bastard. Well, and and you and I kind of like discussed it because I think later on you did watch it with audio. And yeah, I did. Uh, you came up with uh the best way to I think I the way I saw it was like okay, you know, obviously. And this is what I heard with like the the premise and what was teased was that it's it's like a international thriller uh, where they go to different countries, but I don't know if it's a spy thriller or or like a heist thriller or something like that. And you could tell like these guys are specialists. You know, it starts off in the trailer where you see John David Washington, who mm-hmm. man, I just can tell he's going to kill it in this movie as well as uh, Robert Pattinson. But uh, you see him like not wanting to give up information or or whatever. And so it's like, okay, so be it. And you think he's about to die. And then he wakes up and it's like, you pass the test. No one, no one usually does that. You know, usually people break and this guy didn't break. So now he's accepted in this shadowy organization where it's almost like he's dead now. And, and, but it's almost a, it kind of had a a twilight zone element to it because now it's like him and Robert Pattinson are on this team. And this is what you can kind of gather in the trailer and they come to find out, like they show up to a crime scene where you could sell, you could tell there's like uh, bullets that have hit like a, a bulletproof glass and whatever. And it's kind of like this hasn't happened yet. And then all of a sudden, you see the gunman who ran out now all of a sudden is coming in backwards. And so I'm thinking that they're there to stop things from happening, or if there's a heist that they take it over and steal whatever they got, or I don't know, I don't know if it's a heist movie or, or what it is, but. Uh, you know, the scene with the car where it's wrecked and then it comes back like that was real cool. So, you know, to me, you know, I'm and you could say it like I'm a Christopher Nolan fanboy through and through. I just sure. I, I love everything he does because it's all original, um, originally writes and directs. And, you know, a lot of times is heavy in the editing process. And of course, his brother, which everybody knows with uh, Westworld, you know, uh, developing that. So, um, you know, you came up with, I was like, you know, this, this kind of reminds me of like, um, inception meets, uh, momento. Momento. And so you were just like, yeah, it's like moception. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's a perfect term for it. In, in mento. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, like, seriously, if you're going to watch this trailer, um, do yourself a favor and turn the sound on because you still won't know what's happening, but it looks really cool. Yeah. And, um, it's i know it's going to be a good movie uh i it exists outside of my understanding right now i feel like it's 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 definitely showing you uh kind of like assassins that exist outside of time or something like that mm-hmm. but uh but and i find that concept very interesting but uh the fact is we're just kind of to live with the the deal that um the whole you know faking your own death and stuff like that that's been done by six underground already and we're never going to come back from that <laughs> it's just it's just like every single when you watch tenet in the theaters i want you to sit up and scream at the screen with everybody there six underground did this first <laughs> or bill murray and groundhog day yeah that too uh just totally derivative film <laughs> not not worth your time well, and that's what I like about Christopher Nolan films is every time he puts out a trailer, it's like, that's how you put out a trailer. You, you put enough interest in it where people are curious and they're like, that looks pretty freaking cool. I don't know what's going on. I want to see more. And we'll get another trailer or probably get one more trailer. Sure. And uh, and then the movie will come out. But it's very reminiscent of like seeing the Interstellar trailers or uh, 
especially Inception. If you go back and watch what those trailers looked like, you had no idea what the movie was going to no. be about. And I, I had no clue. Going yeah, into and, and that's, it, you know. Isn't that something that Christopher Nolan can do, though? I mean, like, all the all the big-name directors and stuff like that. I mean, it's like if, if, if it was, like, a picture of, like, used toilet paper and it said Christopher Nolan presents, <laughs> right? Like, people would go to see that movie. I mean, it's the same thing with, like, a... Um, you know, and people may disagree with that. Obviously, like Spielberg's a big name, sure, uh, yeah. But like J.J. Uh, Abrams now and that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I mean, like you could you could do an entire trailer that was just like a ten second, you know, shots of like lights and and like names, and then if you put them like at the front of it, like people would line up. Yeah, and and I think that that they have the privilege of making trailers like that because they don't have to like lean on a plot because they know that these people create good films obviously uh christopher nolan doing a lot of writing and directing himself so uh but yeah i i think they benefit from that in some way um you know james cameron uh you know benefits from that as well Mm -hmm. um you know from from a lot of the movies that he has done even though uh avatar exists so that it was a (laughs) i had to drop that in there it's staring at me in the face on this trello board dude big blue turd yeah it's just like i even yeah i have i even give it but that's own category and and that's that's the thing that i always have problems with with trailers i mean there's a lot of trailers that kind of like give away the entire story except for maybe the climax you pretty much know what what everything is about you know what scene to expect and so when comedy getting, trailers are egregious about yeah, that. Yeah, and, and even some dramatic trailers. But uh, one trailer, one yeah, new trailer that came out this week that uh, did not do that in terms of giving away the film and just gave more excitement to scenes is the new Top Gun Maverick trailer. Hell yeah. That was, uh, it, it's been really good about bringing context to a movie that probably has six words spoken the entire movie. Um you know, I mean, like, it, it. Why do people go to see a Top Gun movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is is it because of like uh, the artful telling of a love story, or is it because of uh, seeing a bunch of drunk, you know, airmen singing in a bar, or is it because of like scantily clad men playing volleyball? Um, one could argue that all of those things are a big draw, except for the fact that the giant shining beacon in this movie is the freaking dog fights, you know, and like the awesome aircraft shenanigans that they get into. I mean, like the way they're shooting these like scenes with the aircraft are just badass. Yep. Like they, I know they kind of pioneered, uh, or even, you know, one could argue stole some from like early, earlier eighties, you know, kind of, uh, movies, but it, it this, the original Top Gun uh, did a lot of stuff where they took uh, took a lot more slow-moving aviation movies and gave it a sense of speed, mm-hmm. right? And kind of gave you that intensity that you would feel in a dogfighting scenario. Now, not that I've actually been in a dogfight myself, but like as a moviegoer, it added that level of stress, you know, watching the movie. And, and and that's awesome. Like that's the kind of stuff that I want to go see. And uh, is it the best movie in the world? No, right. But it's it's a high octane thrill ride that uh, you know that's that's what you want to go see. I mean, you're you can go see it for all the other fun stuff and everything. And yeah, it's like quintessential, you know, 
Tom Cruise movie. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's more than days of thunder in the sky. Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh well, and, and that thing too, like the original top gun coming out in the early eighties, uh, you know, seeing the green screen behind them and, and they're not really in a jet, you know, and now it's different because, uh, you know, we watch that behind the scenes thing that's, that's yeah. on Paramount's, uh, YouTube channel and it's, showing like how these aviators you know flew really close to the ground the camera crew and seeing all the actors were in a jet and yep. so you know seeing and of course tom cruise has probably the most craziest maneuvers because you see him like you know doing like you know inverted uh loops and stuff like that and you see him actually like like pushing blood into his head so he doesn't pass out you actually see that happening and yeah you see what's going on you know around them and you, and you see that this is real and they put a a small IMAX camera inside. So this is one I'm going to go see in the IMAX theater. There's, there's few films that I go and, and actually see, like I'll probably see Sam Mendes is uh, 1917 in yeah. IMAX. Um, cause it's freaking Roger Deakins, right? Dude. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, I'm definitely going to go see, uh, this movie in IMAX as well as the next bond film. So, yep. you know, there's certain movies and then Christopher Nolan, of course, I think every Christopher Nolan movie I've seen is I've seen at the IMAX. But uh, six underground. Nope. 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 Okay. Nope, sorry. Not happening. But uh wish I could unsee that. But so going to this trailer, uh, you know, I thought it was cool. They didn't really give away too much. Um, you see that he's being called back and that he's going to become, you know, basically Viper, I think was his name. The guy who trained everybody who right. is uh, basically the, the voice of Sam Fisher, Michael Ironside. And <laughs> so, uh you know, you see him kind of like splitting the two jets. I thought that was really cool. And they're like, oh, this guy's like this. And they're like, I don't know. And so he's like really pushing him to the limits. You see a little bit where he's getting involved with Goose's son, yeah. um, which is Miles Teller. And, and I think yeah. that's well, uh, a well casting choice there. Uh, and then, of course, at the very end, you see, you know, Maverick himself testing out what looks like a cross between the Aurora, you know, spy plane concept and a F-22, and he's flying real low to the ground. He's got, like, you know, this this oxygen mask on. Um, so, of yeah, course. Yeah, U-2 style, right? Yeah. Who who better to test out uh, aircraft than Maverick? So that totally right. makes sense to me. So I'm really excited for this. Yeah, it'll it'll be really cool. Um, it seems to have a lot of payoff moments in the trailer. Uh, like you said, the way that it was shot and everything is, uh, like, above and beyond what they've done before. And you can see... Uh, yeah, of course they're going to touch up stuff in the editing room, but for the most part, it's uh, it's pretty damn raw, and uh, the kind of thing that you want to see in that kind of movie. I, you know, I don't know in what scenario they fly the F-14 again. Uh, it makes a brief appearance in the trailer again, I think, and then uh, a lot of F-A-18s flying around, uh, which makes sense because they're, you know, doing uh, a lot of I think is is Navy aviators and everything, so. Um, that checks out, you know, they're taking off from aircraft carriers. So it's pretty cool. I'm, uh, you know, every, every single time I see a trailer for it, I get more excited, uh, for a movie I thought I wouldn't care about. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like, it's been so many decades and it just sounds risky and, you know, and we've seen it with like Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber 2 was a letdown and, a lot of these, you know, and now we're, you know, we talked about last week's episode, Ace Ventura. So, but I'm hoping that, you know, 
yeah, it's been proven that it could be done. Like Blade Runner was a perfect uh, scenario right there. Like that's a that's a great example, and that was probably like the the longest amount of time between an original and a sequel. You know, right. And and uh, in, in one day when they do a sequel to Six Underground, they'll do Seven Underground, and it'll probably be God the best movie of all time. Yeah, hopefully it's where uh, they end up killing the director. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> Just a joke, just a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we're out of time today, but I want to thank all of our listeners for listening to this very fun episode of Since We Loud Radio. Carl, it's been absolute pleasure talking about old Christmas uh, memories and Z-Bots and everything else. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's always unexpected with us, but that's what makes it fun. Uh, but want to remind our listeners out there uh, that next week we're going to be taking a break. So we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. But want to remind everybody out there to check us out on the interwebs. You can check us out on Instagram as well as Twitter at Sensibly Loud and then on Facebook, Sensibly Loud Media. Thank you once again for listening and check us out next time on Sensibly Loud Radio. <laughs>